Welcome back, people. It is episode 27 of season three of the Taxi Squad podcast. We got some hot dog eating competition drama. Why everybody at ESPN doesn't have jobs anymore. NASCAR race in Chicago in a smoke storm. Baseball talk, little uh, roster deconstruction of the All-Stars. And then NBA free agency moving into some very interesting topics. Vince, we're back again. How you doing? Doing great. Saw you yesterday. Talking to you today. What a wonderful time to be alive. Um, Fourth of July weekend has taken my soul and my brain with it. But goddamn, if we're not doing this again, bud, every damn week. The dopamine in the brain is definitely (laughs) on a lower level this week, more so than any other week. We did have an interesting time. Shout out to Richard for one of the better Fourth of July parties on the planet. Woo! It was a great old time. It was. A lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of fireworks. Maybe the popo came, but they stayed at bay. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows is right. And then maybe, maybe your friend just out of nowhere at 3.30 in the morning decides to text some potential customer on your work phone. But what are you going to do? Whoever did that sucks. I don't know who that could have been. Who the fuck is that guy? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole other story for an entirely separate day. But there is your smidge of a sprinkle. Of a what-the-fuck moment after a night of drinking. Anyways, I mean, Vinny, to your point, every week we're back. We appreciate everybody joining us. Vince, I mean, some strange and unusual things happen with this hot dog eating competition. And, I mean, as it is, you know, mass eating in itself is the epitome of American gluttony. But then again, these are real athletes. Dude, they're athletes. Joey Chestnut is the GOAT. Uh, I say it every year now. Uh, what are we on year three of this happening? And I say it every time. Joey him. Chestnut, maybe the best athlete of the time. Could be, some people would say. Um, the fun about this one, though, is it wasn't going to happen. And then it was going to happen. And then we get a delay because it's raining outside. Um, they canceled it. And then miraculously, it comes back at 2 p.m. There was one picture out there that many people have seen. Don't know if this is actually true or not, but I am going to believe it because it's badass. But Joey Chestnut runs out of the what I assume to be a green room or something and says, I'm going to get the rest of the guys out here and we're going to do this fucker. Is what he said. <laughs> so he walks up It ends up coming back on at 2 p.m. And Joey Chestnut wins his eighth in a row, 16 overall wins with 62 hot dogs. He's got to have the worst shits of all time. I don't know either that or he's constipated for like three weeks. I don't know. Yeah. Like what's the life expectancy of like a real deal competitive eater? You know, I don't yeah. know. Like whatever happened to Kobayashi? Kobayashi was the guy. Well, he was while. doing PEDs, wasn't he? I don't know what he was doing. I, don't, I think he was. I think that's why he's out of it now. What's considered PEDs in hot dog eating co- competitions? I don't. I, what like what if you, if you take in a digestive enzyme? Is that Maybe. considered PEDs? I don't know if he's doing PEDs. If he was like hiding food somehow or doing something sketchy, but I think he Where got the fuck. Big, is he gonna similar. hide it? I oh I know I don't know maybe he's just got like a Magnum dong instead and it just <laughs> it just makes it seem like it, it's just hot dogs hiding in his pants. I'm not sure. I just know that he's not doing it right now, um, which brought Joey Chestnut to the forefront. But what I do know, listening to Joey Chestnut talk on this, he does do a little media circuit every single 4th of July. 
he is actually very athletic, keeps himself in good shape, as you can see um, when you're looking at him. But you got to assume, and there's also where, you know, bigger guys are actually worse in situations like that because they can eat less. Um, so maybe it's like you, as long as you're good to yourself for the rest of the year, then this should be fine. Hmm. Yeah, you you know, these guys, they are quite skinny. And to your point, I mean, Joey Chestnut isn't like a big dude. And usually you'd think like a bigger guy would be better at eating copious amounts of food. But that doesn't necessarily mean it to be the case, right? Not the case so, this time, at least. Or the last eight and 16 overall. That wasn't the case. <laughs> so on a level of like tennis, hot dog eating competitions, and then maybe, you know, like darts or throwing beanbags. Like where does this level out? I mean, who's, who's a real tennis in there? <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have did that because tennis play. Okay, let me let me dial that back. Roger Federer sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, let me dial that back. Pickleball, pickleball, yes. because that's okay. the new Caucasian Good. sport of America. So pickleball, hot dog eating competitions, and then to the point, bags, darts, like where, and then bowling. You could include bowling in that too. Yeah, like who's gonna be the real deal better athlete? Right. Like who could really get into the box of an MLB game and maybe make contact? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's true. That's difficult because they're such specialty sports. Um, I mean, it can't be the hot dog eating guy. <laughs> it can't <No>. be <laughs> like 100 percent of me believes that you got to go with the. I don't know, darts also, you just kind of stand there and you have pinpoint precision, like maybe they'd be good at pitching or something. <laughs> maybe so. Doing some homework here on uh, Takiro Kobayashi it is I, I just basically typed into Google. Where is he? Where is the Kobayashi? Where is Kobe? Where's yeah. the hot dog eating Kobe? Where's the OG Kobe? <laughs> Where is the OG Kobe? OG Kobe said he hasn't competed since winning the taco eating contest in 2019. During the pandemic, he explained he has been living in Tokyo where he no longer competes in eating contests because of strict protocols. Huh. Whatever that means. I thought he cheated, dude. I was like confident on that. No, but he talks shit still. Kobayashi still he's talking shit from afar though. Don't let it don't let it fool you. So Kobayashi basically stated in, in an article to USA Today still saying that I'm the best. Oh, you want to know what he did do? <laughs> What he, did he, uh, he got banned from Nathan's. Why? Uh, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like uh, <clears throat> he was he resisted arrest. I'm trying to figure out why he ended up getting arrested here. But essentially, people they people were chanting for him to go up and eat after he got banned or canceled for the one year that he did it. Um, he resisted arrest and was fighting. And he said, I just want to compete and do what I love. They're trying to take away my freedom is what the guy said, which probably explains why he's back in Japan. Uh, but yeah, he was, uh, he was banned from that competition anymore. So that's that on that. Wow. That's kind of crazy. I mean, does that maybe justify the fact that, you know, like this is why he's so good. Not talking about Kobe. Ashi, talking about Joey Chestnut. I mean, does well, this I mean, it, it took the it took away a lot of competition, obviously. But right. Joey Chestnut did beat Kobayashi. So it's not like he didn't go head to head. Um, but I mean at least he would have been close. But I mean Joey Chestnut blew his record out of the water by the end of Kobayashi's run. 
Is the hot dog eating competition fixed, do you think? Are we thinking that it's fixed? Ooh, little drama Could... in the streets? Conspiracy pod? I'm Behind not against Nathan... it. I mean, you see what I'm saying, though? Yeah. Because if you ban the guy who was one of your biggest competitors, I mean, doesn't that kind of skew the game towards your strength? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Nobody I mean, else it's got to. Um, oh, you know what he did? They wanted Kobayashi to sign a exclusive contract and he wouldn't do it so he was banned due to the contract dispute which is kind of lame it seems like it's stupid why would they take it away um so maybe it is maybe it's rigged maybe they're like hey you got to sign a contract he said no and they're like you're not competing because joey did sign the contract okay so he didn't want to be confined to that right he didn't want to be confined to the contractual nature of nathan's said no i'm gonna go live in tokyo and just eat sushi and watch baseball which is my japanese dream i was gonna say it doesn't sound like too bad of a too bad of a life for the guy but no yeah he had his run he had his run in the early 2010s for sure late 2000s early 2010s yeah i mean if we're on food talk right now so tokyo food wise was actually one of anthony bourdain's favorite cities in the world oh yeah i believe it Right. I mean, that that's something that's true. And if you don't know who Anthony Bourdain is, you should go do your homework on that guy because he's a pretty fascinating human he being. He's a man. Rest in, he, rest in glory, my guy. R.I.P. Also, we would be remiss if we didn't, you know, say R.I.P. to Ryan Mallett because that happened last week yeah. and we didn't talk about it, forgot about it. And I was like, oh, man, we should probably give that guy an R.I.P. Because yeah, he was a good backup. That was sad. That's a sad story. He but either way, back to dead guy talking food. So. In Japan, right, I don't know how much hot dog eating there is going on. Now, the discussion of hot dog eating, you know, what would be the comparable thing in Japan? Would it be sushi? Would it be, Probably. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, there are hot dogs in Japan, right? I mean, like I'm Korean, assuming. Hot, Korean hot dogs are a big deal, and that's not very far. So you got to assume that True. they got around. Um, but yeah, it would have to be like sushi or something like that, which would that be harder or easier? Because rice eat? fills you. Rice does fill you up, right? And then not only that, but it has, you know, we talking about how this guy must have to shit. Has anybody here ever taken a shit after eating a copious amount of sushi? Yeah. It's, oh my God. It's explosive. Yeah. It's just, and then it just feels like it just never ends, right? Oh yeah. That's one of those take all of your clothes off situations. Oh, I'm a big George Costanza fan when we're talking about, you know, doing the two dance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the, the Costanza way is really the only way, right? Because that way you don't got to worry about anything, right? You, you're, right. You're, you're just, you're there, and you're there for a reason, and it's to have your elimination. And why have to, you know, worry? God forbid, you know what I'm saying? What if there's, what if there's a splash? What if it's that <laughs> explosive, right? If you're wearing yeah, a white no, shirt, right. right? Yeah, you it's just free. It's one of the most primitive things you do. And maybe you should just go back to way the way that you were intended naked and not afraid and if you are i'm sorry yeah if you were naked and afraid pooing in a bathroom now (laughs) you know these people who go like camping for weeks and then like dig their own holes in the ground and shit and holes in the ground those are a different type of human being like you are unlocking full mode like primate type shit that i I could never embark on ever hey man respect to them primitive nature is good i suppose but yeah definitely not for me well too buttoned up for that I'm just, yeah, I, I'm good. Like when people are like, oh, camping. I'm more of a glamper type Me of too. a guy, right? Yeah. Why well, sleep I'm on the ground in a tent when you can just sleep on a bed? Yeah, sleep on a bed, 
right? That's the nice thing. Maybe in a camper with real running water and semi-decent plumbing, right? Maybe that's the next Taxi Squad bet is one of us have to go camping for a night. A night? Yeah, but you got to do real camping. Bring a tent. Real camping? Bring a tent and record it all. I like what that idea. What if I bear grills camp? What if I camp and just basically said I camped and send like a bunch of videos of footage and I'll eat like a, I don't know, eat like a earthworm. Was he a liar? Yeah, dude. Oh. Man versus wild? Yeah, he would like pretend like he slept in the dead camel overnight, but literally after he cut that thing open, got in, it got out, he was staying and, you know, like Ritz's. Wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a liar. I hate that. That's why that. Bear Grylls got canceled. But that show was fascinating. Oh, yeah. He would always talk about I was a Survivor the- Man guy myself. Survivor Man was a little bit more realistic. Bear Grylls yeah. had a camera crew following him around. It was kind of not that believable, but it was yeah. just the stupid shit he would do was fantastic. <laughs> and just the, inside a camp. <laughs> yeah, just the, that. Or when he'd talk about boosting his morale was one of my favorites. He'd always, I'm going to start this fire. This is going to boost my morale. <laughs> and then he talked about drinking his own piss. And then he actually like did one episode. He goes, I'm in the desert and there's no running water anywhere. So at this point, you just got to drink your own wee. Gross. <laughs> oh, yeah. He did it. He All did it. things I don't want to do. That is nasty. Oh, yeah. But hey, man, if you're walking in the desert ever and you get lost and you, you got to stay hydrated, it's better than nothing, they say. You can That's only do point. it for so long. Right, because well, eventually you just run out of liquid. Right. Eventually you run out of liquid, and then that liquid essentially becomes toxic. But if you're in a pinch, that's how you, in theory, could hydrate. Do you have to cook it? I don't know if you have to cook it. There's this weird like influencer fitness guy right now on Instagram, and he talks about aging his pee, and then he, and then he drinks it. The Ugh. internet is a very scary place, people. Yeah, That's when all anybody can say. do anything, <laughs> you really end up running into some wild people. <laughs> there is some wild shit. And what's funny is that he's out of Arizona. So, uh, yeah, a lot of my friends will say, hey, do you want to go have a retreat with this guy considering you're fucking moving there? And I'm like, I'm yep. good. No, you go I'm ahead good. and do that and you let me know how it goes. Yeah, no. And he like drinks it in front of the camera and he talks about how the health benefits are wonderful. And I'm like, you can keep yeah, it. pass. I'll drink mm-hmm. water. I'm good on water. I'm great with water, especially okay. bubbly water. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Me in. A little LaCroix. What's your favorite well, flavor of LaCroix, Vince? Dude, I like the orange one. You're an orange guy. I like to keep it simple or the uh, some like whatever the whatever berry is called, the pink one. Oh, that's just. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cran Raz. That's a good one. I think it's like I think it's like Rumpelberry or something weird. I don't know. It's French and weird, but yeah, the berry would be a good one. That's a really good one. I enjoy the berry, and then the papapanus or the grapefruit is clearly it's just one of the best. Yes, agreed. And then you can't go wrong with like a solid lime flavoring. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, especially when you throw a little vodka in there or maybe some gin. That's the best way to do it. That. Waterloo is a new one now, right? So yep. Waterloo is really big in the worlds. Waterloo, that that's delicious. They got some real jazzy flavors. I don't know how there isn't like artificial flavoring in it because they say it's in quote natural with quotation marks. Yeah, I had that this weekend hanging out with you, and I enjoyed. Yeah, it was delicious. It had some it was vanilla like, in it though. It was weird. The one, yeah, it tasted like a cream skull. It was fucking delicious. Yep. Yeah, 
I mean, but, how are you going to hate on that? But How is that they, naturally flavored? They <laughs> say the it's naturally essenced. I don't know what happens. They just like rub a berry over it or some shit. And it's like, see, it's essenced. And you're like, okay. That has to be some package labeling loophole where they can say no essenced cows. and then it doesn't have to be. <laughs> no cows in it though, right? Right. That's all that matters. It's very true. It's very true. Well, hey, Joey Chestnut in the world of goats, Vince, in general sports. I mean, yep. where does he rank? You know, I mean, because there's MJ. Mount Rushmore, right? I don't know if he's Mount Rushmore. We get into yeah, this Brady? conversation once a year. I don't. Right. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, Brady. You got MJ. Okay. Who else is really torn it up? Maybe. I mean, maybe Kobe. Uh, Kobe could be in the talk. Yeah, but I'm talking more like DJ. Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Derek no. Jeter. Kobe, um, or not Kobe? Tiger. That's oh. what we need to put in there, and then probably Joey Chestnut. Okay. There's the four. Interesting. MJ, Brady, Tiger Woods, and Joey Chestnut is my Joey Chestnut. Is Mount Rushmore. Who do you think? Who do you think I am? I do. Or who do you bo- think you are? I am. That's that the bo- guy. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's the, that's bowling, the bowling guy. guy. And his yeah. wife, his wife, that same moment was like, no, no. He's yeah. like, what? I don't know how you could get that jacked over bowling. You win it all, man. If you I win just anything, win it all. yeah. If I win anything at the top of the tier, it doesn't even matter what it is. Like if I get yeah. really good at like tap dancing and I'm the best tap dancer in the world, I'm going nuts. Okay, it's that maybe, dog in me. Maybe Vince, you got to try out for uh, Dance with the Stars. Here we go. No, not very light on my feet. Not gonna lie. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Then what the fuck are you talk about tap dancing? If I'm you're just not saying it was an example. Feet. Jesus. The fuck are you, Fred Astaire over here <laughs> or some damn. shit? Jeez. Maybe. Jeez. <laughs> no, Sorry, right. I see it. I see it in a way. I mean, but hey, we're we're getting pretty decent at this podcasting thing. So we're agreed. Told. Yeah. So put we're me told. on that Mount Rushmore. Down. Put yeah. Put us. Put us yeah. on the Mount Rushmore. You know what I'm saying? Please. One of these days. Now, Vince. Uh, some. I mean, the world of sports this past week has just been really interesting. It's every uh, single year. It does this every year, right before 4th of July, just to distract people. The axes come out. Yeah. So in, in the most recent developments in the world of sports entertainment, ESPN laid off almost half of their staff. Feels like it. I, I don't I don't get how this happened, and I, I'm just a little confused as to why certain people got the axe and then others didn't. Okay, so it's got to be, my thought is it's got to be whoever's getting paid the most. They probably just cut it off from there. Um, but a couple of big names, uh, notably Susie Colbert, who's been there forever. Um, Steve Young, Keyshawn Johnson, Jeff Van Gundy, Jalen Rose, Todd McShay, Matt Hasselbeck, amongst others. It's uh, kind of a crazy group of people. And one guy that wasn't on this list that surprised the hell out of me is Mr. Kendrick Perkins, who's now being considered for NBA Countdown, which he would take over for Jalen Rose, which is a horrible, horrible idea. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe did they, so they kept Molly Kiram, which yep. is interesting, and then they got rid of Jalen Rose. Yeah. So maybe so they, they were like, all right, Molly, right? Molly with the heavies, Jalen, sorry, you dated her. <laughs> yeah. Conflicts, you're gone, right? So Were they married? We, no, they were just dating. Okay. And then they'd be on the same show together. That just had to be weird. So maybe it's like one had to go, we're sticking with the heavies. 
Susie Colbert, though, man, that's just so sad. I remember watching yeah. Susie Colbert growing up on SportsCenter with her cute 90s bob going on. And, you know, she's been with the ESPN team forever. Monday Night Football, she was the gal. Yep. Right? And then she, Joe yeah. Namath tried to like kiss we her. Saying. Yeah, hammer Joe Namath trying to kiss her was crazy. Like, yeah, I just... The thing is, is that all these people are going to land somewhere. It's not like they're, you know, they're done forever. Like Tom McShay is going to get a job, dude. <laughs> it's just like it's crazy because you see the movement and the people that work in ESPN. And I've been like this for a while now where it's so just like touch and go every time you watch something. And it's just like Stephen A. Smith says something like, oh, the Mavericks are screwed. And then it's like, no, they're good because X, Y and Z. And then Kendrick Perkins is like. I like Kyrie's feet. And then you'd be like, what the hell are we doing here? You know? So that's what it feels like every time I watch it now. It's like doing crack. (laughs) It's literally like doing crack and watching a TV show about sports. Yeah, the the sports TV ESPN overall has taken a nosedive. Now they are bringing in Pat um, Pat McAfee, which is going to be interesting to see because they might be going in a different direction and they gave Pat McAfee a a bag. Uh Well, that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like, really, you can't keep all these people, but they're giving Pat McAfee a lot, knowing that Pat McAfee is going to be worth it. But to this extent, it just seems weird to me. I just don't know how McAfee doesn't go full-blown commercial if he then is now on that platform. Because that's what they pushed. Because the the fun of Pat McAfee is that they can say whatever the fuck they want. Right. Whenever they want, because it's their own platform. I would much rather have creative control than that. But then again, we've never been offered that much money to do anything in our lives. Yeah. (laughs) So with all that being said, this could be the reason. Pat McAfee. Is Pat McAfee a bad guy because he got all these people shit canned? I mean, who knows? (laughs) He can't be. It's like causation and correlation you know it's not like he was like you gotta get rid of all these people for me to sign but it is crazy that there's a that is a decision that they're gonna make and just kind of like uproot a lot of these people that have been there for a long time even like simple stuff like jordan cornett's been there for a while jason fitz as well nick friedel like nick friedel did bulls writing for a while and then went to the warriors not the warriors are doing worse somehow he loses his job so yeah i don't know it all it all comes off as a bit confusing but every time this happens almost yearly now i'm always just like what the but then you always yeah. see them land somewhere. Like even when they got rid of Trey Wingo and stuff too, I was like, Trey Wingo not on ESPN doesn't make any sense to me. But he figured it out. Well, there's a conspiracy theory going on right now that um, Shannon Sharp might be going to ESPN because he basically said he doesn't want to record with Skip anymore. Yeah, I mean, so that's that makes a lot of sense. Skip is the worst. <laughs> but the early days of First Take were fantastic. Oh, With yeah. Him and Stephen A screaming at each other. I mean, it was a one because at least there was like a little bit more seemed like nuance to the conversation. And now that it's just become like, like I said, like it's very touch and go. Here's my take. This is what I believe. And then they don't actually say anything about it. I don't know what it feels like what it's what's going to happen. And I think Stephen A is probably better for Shannon Sharp, but also as much as I hate Skip Bayless, he does. He does make funny videos at the end of the day. <laughs> Oh, well, him working out with his shirt off is very, very terrifying in more oh, yeah. than one way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of that. I'm I'm not a big fan of that. Now, another notable name. I mean, Todd McShay, this is yep. interesting to me because now, I mean, Mel Kuyper can't be screaming Todd, 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 and I can't yeah. 
do the impression as I would every year now for the draft spectacular. Yeah, it's going to be like post-mortem Todd's. <laughs> what are we supposed like, to do? Who's he, who's he going to scream at now? Yeah, I don't know. He, it won't make it. It'll make a difference if the guy, if he's yelling at a guy named Kevin now, that's that's more than one syllable. Kev, 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 or what if it's right. Vince? Vince, 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 Vince. <laughs> that would send me to the fucking shadow realm. Benny, 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 <laughs> Benny. <laughs> no, thank you, Todd. No, thank oh, you. Oh, what's great though? <laughs> out of all these, Max Kellerman getting the boost. Yeah, mm. so sick of that guy. He yeah, had his own I, show going on too. He did. I've always kind of liked him a little bit. Maybe had a soft spot in my heart for him because his brother and all that stuff. But why? Yeah, they that were rappers. Well, no, didn't his brother die? Oh well, I I I didn't. Know. I thought his brother was still alive. But yeah, I could see that. But do you know like Max Kellerman and his brother were rappers? Oh yeah, and they were also doing the boxing thing for a while. I mean, it's crazy to me. Yeah, wasn't it his twin brother? Could have been, or close in age at the very least. They looked a lot like each other. So yeah. Max Kellerman, Iguodala, the famous Iguodala. I'm taking Iguodala. <laughs> what? Genius. Genius. Now, another one I'm sad to see go is Ashley Brewer, though. I mean. Why is that? <laughs> no particular reason. <laughs> yeah, no, I. Well, it's like, yeah, that's the thing, too. It's. It. These. That's another one that doesn't entirely surprise me, because it's not like no, she was bringing like. She's she wasn't bringing any crazy stuff for years and years and years in comparison to like a Susie Colbert. But in the same vein, it's like, what? Are you, how much are you paying? Like, uh, reportedly, Susie Colbert was making like three mil a year. So obviously, they're they're giving him a lot of money. But in the grand scheme of things, how much well, ESPN? Susie Colbert's making? been there since the nineties. Correct. That's what I'm saying. It's been there it's for like almost it, thirty years. It makes, I guess, it makes more sense to cut her because she made so much money. But I can't. You can't imagine that ashley brewer is making anything even close to that no well she'll be fine she can go do influencer stuff she's marrying frank comiskey so there you good have for it him. yeah Shut up, frank. guy looks like a tall goofball how he put that good for him decent at basketball hey when matter. you're good at basketball hey you know he's a white Sox fan avid white Sox fan so he yep. he could be a good friend of the show so good for that guy jalen rose axed yeah kendrick perkins still saying how I don't know. Like it he's got to have sense. some like deep down secret that he's holding. You know, he might have some dirt on somebody. He knows where someone's skeletons are, in fact, buried, even though Which he has scary. some of the worst takes ever, ever, ever. And then, like I hear stuff uh, all the time where I'm like, that is not even close to an intelligent take. I don't get it. Yeah. To your point, he's like, I don't I don't like his feet, man. Yeah, right. It's like something about <laughs> like, his face tells me they're winning the championship this year. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you just see it, man. Man. Yeah. The tiger. And then JJ Reddick's like he scored X amount of time and he played this man, this much minutes. And this is why it makes sense. He's like, Mm-mm, but does he got that dog? And you're like, oh, my God, what? <laughs> no. no. He doesn't have the dog in him. That's it's just to me, it will be very interesting to see where all these faces go. Like, I think Max Kellerman will just go back to doing boxing. Steve Young will probably get a gig with like CBS. Yeah. Goldberg will go work for ABC. Like, well, that's kind of what I'm saying. They're all going to land on another media conglomerate. So it's just, you know, it is wild every time it happens. And more people that are we are we are accustomed to and from our childhood and you know, back in the day, early two thousand stuff, like the more of them like 
leave, the less interested I end up being. Yeah. I, I think ESPN's kind of in the dog days of what they are. I think since, I since they've been Disney-fied, it's kind of... Mm. But then again, if you have looked at the Disney stock recently, it has taken a dip. Ooh, I wonder why. I haven't looked at yeah. it once. Disney stock has taken a smidge of a dip. And after the dip, they got rid of these people. So there's some sort of stock market trying to appease the partners sort of thing, getting some money off the books. Yeah. Interesting. Yes, I thought so. Now, what else is interesting, Vince, is that they raced NASCAR in the city of Chicago. They did. It almost didn't happen. Dude, the whole... So, first off, the smoke from all of the Canadian wildfires took its toll on Chicago for sure. So, air quality's just been horrible the last, what, two weeks at this point? Um, But, I mean, all the negative things I did say last week about, like, how none of it makes a lot of sense to me at all. It actually did look great. Um, it was very picturesque, uh, just the look of it, having the city in the background. It was it was cool as far as like visuals are concerned. Um, one of the funniest videos I ever saw, though, the race was a mess first. Um, they were attempting to dry the track while it was raining. Yeah, that's counterproductive. So they were they were like squeegeeing and and blow drying the track, and it was just downpouring on top of that. I'm like, what are we doing here? I don't understand. Just wait until it's done and then push it all off. Um, the concerts before the races um, were canceled, and the race was shortened to I think 75 laps um, because of impending darkness causing an issue to see, since they had to delay it for so long. So. The one thing that I got that I learned was a little bit of tea. I'm not admittedly the the most in and out knowledgeable race fan, but the timing they they called it early, I guess, like you know, halfway through the race, whatever it may be. Um, and the people that were actually in the pet stop at the time got a huge advantage for that, since you know less laughs were happening. They don't. I didn't think they'd have to go back and and do another pit stop at that point. So Haley and Elliot, who ended up being second and third, respectfully, um, they both got a big jump. But Mr. Van Ginsburg, the winner, didn't gain an advantage because he wasn't in the pit. He just ended up racing the best. So, you know, all in all, it ended up working out and getting a winner there that I suppose deserved it. But it probably wasn't the smoothest weekend of all time. Yeah, this seemed to be a smidge of a shit show. Usually these things are, you know, experimental at the very least. Right. And they're going to try and do it again next year. You'll definitely know that they will. But to to the point, they they got delayed, and then, you know, it just became this thing. Now, Shane Van Gidsburg, I, no, n- nobody knows who this guy is. Nope. Right? Now they do. Nobody, nobody knew this name before this race even happened. So this is the thing with, with short tracks, or not short tracks, but road courses in particular, guys who, you know, at one point raced in different areas come to either do a race in, in one of these cars and then they're, they're out because they don't do the left and fast thing very well, but they can go left and right pretty good. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy was going to do that until some really insane stuff happened with his family. So, um, Oh dear God, that's horrific. Yeah. Very horrific. Um, and then also just to get the bad news out of the way, NASCAR contractor, at the track, uh, they were electrocuted and died while setting up for the final preparation. So we did lose a life as well this weekend. Wow. At the NASCAR race. So maybe 
just maybe it wasn't a great idea. I know being a Chicagoan living in the city, it did cause a lot of issues for people trying to figure out what to do. Me going to work became a whole different mess the last two days of last week as well. So all in all, I'd say probably given the weather and all the other BS that happened, it actually turned out to be a relative success, but I don't. I don't know if Chicago is the best place to do a race. <laughs> no, probably not. I, I don't think major metropolitan areas are worth it. Now, F1 has a little bit more money behind it and the organization yeah. to do it, and they've done it in different regions like this before. So I think they would maybe have a little bit more of an uptick on them. But it's still trying to draw new interest into the sport of NASCAR. Right. And maybe the 77-lap idea could stick because that's the one thing that I believe makes people lose interest in NASCAR because there's usually three heats and you're racing three to 500 miles in an afternoon. And I mean, it's four hours and they try and make it as exciting as it possibly can switching fields and all that good stuff after, you know, guys will lead a race for, you know, 80 laps, they switch the fields around and then, okay, let's see if he can get back to the top. It makes it a little bit more exciting, but who's got time for this? You can't watch a NASCAR race. It's an all-day event. Right. I mean, yeah, it's and that was supposed to be the thing. They were supposed to have the whole, you know, obviously the concerts going on around it and making it kind of like a racing village to go around, but it kind of just gets the kablosh when everything is raining on top of it. So it just it didn't work. I mean, it was actually record-setting rain that we got that day. So the fact that they even got a race in was kind of amazing in itself, but. It definitely was not set up for success there. No, and not only that, what are people living in the city of Chicago going to pretend like they're in NASCAR or some shit? Well, that was Come the on. thing, too. I think they said something like 78% or 80% of the tickets were believed to be new, never been before NASCAR fans or race fans. Um, so I don't know where they get that number or how they even do that. Um, but, I mean, you got to assume that, you know as a tourist attraction, a lot of people ended up coming up here to come see it. So I don't know. Where's the fucking analytics on this? You know what I'm saying? I would love to see exactly who that is and what portion of that is actually. So that was my thought. It's like, when you buy a ticket, is it like, is this your first race you're going to? Like, that's not usually a thing that ends up getting asked. No, it's not like one day people living in the city of Chicago. It's like, oh man, I can't wait to go watch some real hillbilly shit. That's just not, that's not, that, that just doesn't happen in the city. The city's too bougie for that. I was interested until I saw the price point and I was like, what are we doing? Why is this I thing? guess if you were going to watch it from a rooftop, that'd be dope. But yeah. then again, probably every rooftop was rented out and you had to spend an obnoxious amount to go well, watch yeah, it. Well, yeah, that was the thing too. And I was talking about that. It's like, you, it's almost worth it getting like a hotel room that's way up there so you can look down on it. Um, but I do know a lot of, those rooftops and a lot of those like accessible things to go see Grant Park and be in that area were all booked out by some media or some conglomerate that, you know, could pay people to come and do do a fancy person's party. <laughs> That's what I'll call it. A soiree, if you will. Here's your fancy people party. <laughs> NASCAR. Now to talk about the bougiest sport of them all, F1. There was some mm-hmm. drama in F1 since we're on the auto sport uh method here uh max verstappen and sergio perez who are teammates at red bull got into quite a scuffle at the latest race and uh there was some interesting words exchanged between the two of them considering that they're teammates it was a uh hard right turn into a in quote chicane 
as they would call it, in the F1 world. And Max Verstappen got over the radio to his team and complained that he believed Sergio Perez was trying to, in quote, wreck him, even though Sergio Perez claimed he did not see him. So drama in the F1 front, not uncommon. I don't understand. And this, again, you know, new race fan relatively. I got into F1 last year all because of that Netflix documentary or the Drive to Survive or whatever it's called. Um, I didn't understand that there are times where you can and cannot pass people. Yes like, and no. Well, because it's like it's like oh, that was an illegal pass. And you're like, what does that mean? <laughs> you're, I thought you're just allowed to go past them if you're faster than them. Doesn't that make more sense? Well, there is, and then there isn't. There's certain. There's a lot more rules in F1 than there is in say NASCAR. NASCAR is yeah. good old boy sport, right? But I mean, right now, I mean, the season is all Red Bull. If you look at the standings. Which is crazy to me. I mean, they. Which, they yeah, I mean, it's been like that too because Verstappen's just been. Well, he's group, but Sergio Perez is in second. And nobody yeah. thought that would be a thing. Right. So they finish one, two, and then Fernando Alonso racing for Aston Martin right now. Nobody saw that coming. He retired for a few years, and then he's back in a, in a new ride, and he's crushing. Yeah. So, although Lewis Hamilton's starting to come back in the rankings, he's fourth right now if you look at it overall. So he's Mercedes. He, yeah, he's always been Mercedes, except when he was on McLaren. He, right. he crushed on McLaren early portion of his career. Why he got picked up by Mercedes, but this this happens. There's usually a team every four to five that comes to the forefront and does this again. Now, the one thing that I think is very interesting is that Red Bull, probably a decade ago, was the top team, and then one thing leads to another, and then it was Mercedes, and now it's Red Bull again. Red Bull is going to be interesting to pay attention to in 2024 just due to the fact that the drivetrains are all switching over to Ford. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, buddy. Very so, interesting. Yes. Yes. So no longer will Honda be powering or Acura be powering the Red Bull car. So interesting thought process. Red Bull season, I, I think F1 overall is going to be a, uh, a Red Bull-owned sport for a little while. Yeah, it feels Drivers like it. Drivers talented. What kind of car so, is the Red Bull again? Do you know? Is it Acura? It is Acura. But see, every team will use different drivetrain slash suspensions. Right. So for a while there, um, Red Bull ran Renault, which is Nissan. Okay. So Renault was their powertrain, and then they got rid of it for Honda, and then it switched to Acura, which is essentially the same thing. It's a fancy Honda that's Acura. And then they went all Acura this year. Now, next year, to the point, is going to be Ford for the powertrain. Now, the suspension and all that, not too sure. Because for a while, it was a mix of Acura and then Aston Martin would provide mm. the suspension. So it, it's a lot of big names that just get thrown around. And I think a lot a of it's more than marketing. Stuff. All the cars are different, though, in F1, which does make it interesting. So every producer of their vehicle has a slightly different car than the other one, which adds a different element of competition, in my opinion. So your car design, yeah, yeah, the engineering aspect in F1 is far greater than anything that NASCAR could produce. Because NASCAR, they're stock cars, and the thought process is that every car is basically the same. The motors are a little bit different. Yeah. But it's more driver-based in NASCAR. No kidding. Yeah. 
All right. The more you know. The more you know. You guys come here for you guys come here for race information because Mikey Race gets it. I don't, so I'm learning with you, and it's awesome out here. Some days, some days I got it, and then you know Richie will always come back and fact check me. We haven't name dropped that guy in a while, so shout out to that guy. Shout out Rick Claps. Shout out Ricks. But let's get into what we love to talk about most, Vince, and uh, it's almost All Star break time after the Fourth of July. It's getting to that point where you never know. This is that time of the year where the second season's about to happen. These guys get a break, and you know some big things could happen, but time will tell. So, you know, some teams get hot, are, some teams get cold, some people right? get injured. And this is that time of some year. People, this is that time of year, and with all that being said, the rosters are in, are in fact finalized. Correct. So, to give you some ideas, we we were talking about the voting last week and how you know. A lot of the people that are going to be on there are Atlanta Braves. That definitely ended up happening. Or guys that played for the Atlanta Braves at some point. Um, you obviously have uh, Sean Murphy at catcher. You got Orlando Arcia at shortstop. Acuna is going to be in the outfield. Um, you also got Matt Olson, Ozzy Albies, and Austin Riley all on the bench, as well as a Spencer Strider and a Bryce Elder as well. So Atlanta showed up. You even got first baseman Freddie Freeman up there as well, um, just for good measure. And then also on the other side, Texas, who's been having a good year as well. You got Semyon up there. Um, Semyon's been having a really nice year, as well as Josh Jung and Corey Singer all making the elected starters. So obviously this is a big voting area in even Toronto as well, where you're getting a lot of those guys in there. So, I mean, good for them, claps for them, and then you get your one guy and Luis Robert for the south side. So, Let's go. There he is. That was the expectation, I would say. Yeah, we discussed this last week. Even though the voting is horrible right now for the south side, just in general, because fans aren't going to the games, basically. No doubt about it. I mean, we go when the team's good, and if they're bad and they're not trying at all, there's no reason to go, you know? Yeah, that's the South Side thought process. Like, if you're not winning, we don't want to be there. We it's really don't. Should be. Well, it's not even that, too. It's like if if there's no positive thing in sight, people aren't going to go. Like, if you're watching young guys and they're coming up and they're starting to play better, like, I'll go see that game. But I'm not going to go there if it just seems like everything's in demise and horrible. Like, fuck that. Leave me out of it. So many... <laughs> Braves are on this roster. It's, it's ridiculous. It's like <laughs> it not even fair. But hey, shout out to JD Martinez getting the nod. Yeah. I mean, he, he got kind of passed over by Boston, and then he's clearly got a renaissance going on in LA right now. Yeah, that usually happens, I feel like, with uh with the guys that move over to Los Angeles. They just end up working out for him. Even when Adrian Gonzalez was good on that team, it's like yeah, he shows up. And then Clayton Kershaw also having a renaissance this year as well. He makes the team, but he's getting, um, what do you call it, replaced because he's not going to play. Like a lot of other guys, including Mike Trout as well, since he is on the IL currently. This always happens to the Angels people. Pay attention every single season. There is like, they could be better this year. And then they're like, oh, they're five games out of first place in the AL West. And then this could happen. This is the biggest abundance of talent ever between Shohei and Trout, blah, blah, blah. And then they both get hurt. Yeah. And then it's and like, Rendon's out. Yeah. Otani comes off been the out mound. since he signed. He got paid right. a bag. And just hasn't been playing so poorly. So that's just, you know. 
that's the tale of one city, I guess, right? The Dodgers get guys in and they end up having Renaissance careers and the Angels get a guy and <clears throat> Rendon, even Pujols ended up not playing as well as they expected him to. So that's just, you know, it's par for the course for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, sadly. Pujols is on the record as stating that he wished he would have stayed in St. Louis. I don't blame him. I mean, he would, even like no matter what he did, he would he's going to be beloved in St. Louis, but... I guess he probably just been like, if I stayed with one team and did it all, like he would just be like the best. He'd be the best Cardinal of all time, right? Yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, he arguably could go down as still one of the best of all time. Yeah, he already might be. I mean, he's got to be top three anyway. So, I mean, definite home run leader. Yeah, yeah. This is interesting. The the All Star lineup. You know, the the game as we discussed in the past no longer holds the same validity as it Mm-mm. used to, right? I mean, Jesus. now it's. Did you hear that? Ooh, Vince, are you going to tell Guys, a spooky story now? It is stormy right now in Chicago. It's looking like a NASCAR race is about to start. So, sorry. Yeah, that was either just that or the, the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> that scared the Look piss at that. The thunder. Oh the thunder in Chicago right Jeez. now. Getting a little <laughs> temperamental. I mean, oh, it's God. raining cats and dogs out here. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a in, bomb. In the, it did. It did sound yeah. like something went off there. That's crazy. Nice. Yeah. So there's the lightning in the episode. There's the Sorry spark for spooking we you guys. No yeah, pun intended. Halloween episode. <laughs> Halloween episode. That's what Early it feels Halloween. like. Early yeah. Halloween. Come on now. Dun, dun, dun. Now, dun, dun, dun. home run derby moments. <laughs> Let's talk about the home run derby. So, yes. Pete Alonso is coming back this year. He's a and staple at this point. Luis Roberts going to compete, which I'm a little scared about. I think he might just. Absolutely mash. You think part so? Of me feels like, part of me feels like he's going to have a really good time. Yeah, because when he swings like that, and we're going to talk about that in a moment as well, but when he swings the way he swings, and if he gets a hold of it, it is a thing of beauty. It really, really is. So, you know, if he can start getting on a rhythm, start hitting it the same thing, depending on how his pitching is, I think he can really put on a show here. Yeah. Pete Alonzo's one, but there's some names here that just don't like Mookie Betts doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Yeah. Um, Julio he's Rodriguez. powerful, but he's not, you know. Yeah. Randy Arozarena. Mm. Yeah, but he he's kind of the same thing when he catches fire. Like, holy shit. Like, this guy's the man. True. You know? I mean, that's most of professional ball players, but like Vlad Guerrero Jr. I like that. I think that's that makes sense. Pete Alonzo makes sense. Adley Rushman's going to compete, which I think is I, interesting. That one confused me a little bit. Um, I do like having a catcher in there, and he is a budding superstar in the league right now. Like he's, oh yeah, he's playing his tail off this year, so I like to see it. And then the last one that was just announced, not even ten minutes before we started recording, Adelise Garcia <clears throat> from the Rangers. He's another one of those guys that has just a sweet swing, and when he starts getting consistent, and even his rookie year, like it was, he came out of the scene, you know going pumping so he's been on a tear i'm excited for that but you got to remember luis robert even for what it's worth he's he's tops in the al right now with home runs so he's going up there not tops i think he's top three or something like that because otani but maybe he'll pass him soon one of my largest concerns when i see these younger guys who get in their swings down still in their career Mm -hmm. get into a home run derby it could potentially fuck up your swing the rest of the season that happened to Bobby Abreu way yep. back in the day. He yeah. hit like a record or some shit. He broke shit. the record, like, yeah. Yeah, it was like 50-something home runs. 
and just mashed. And Abreu back in the day, Bobby, like he used to be a dog. He was like, the OG the, of Abreu. Right. And I remember when Phillies, Jose came, I'm like, Bobby's name. <laughs> yeah, Bobby's gone now. But still, with that being said, Bobby Abreu, man, I mean, he was a beast for the Phils. And then the rest of that season, after that home run derby, done. He went on a cold streak from hell after yep. the All-Star break. And he basically came out and said that it kind of ruined his swing the rest of that season because he had to refine it. Yeah, I mean, and you start just like you start thinking that everything that you hit is going to be a homer. So like that, when, once that happens, you end up. Yeah, what was it? Oh, five. Oh, five. He hit 24 home runs in the first round. And it was like, here we go. He absolutely smoked it. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm hoping that, you know, it's they're not going to practice that much. So they just get to a point where like, hey, we're going to hit a bunch of home runs and then we're right back to what we were doing before. You'd like to think that's where the headspace is going to be at. But, you know, you never really know. It's the mind's a fickle thing, especially when you're playing baseball. So I wouldn't be surprised if something gets bad off the bat here for any of these guys. Really, there's a lot of young guys in the lineup this year. There is a lot of young guys, which is a nice thing to see an injection of youth. Uh, Pete Alonso is probably going to be the favorite. Maybe it's not a terrible idea to look at Luis Robert. And maybe you throw some small things on him. Right. I mean, because he is young. It's his first time. You never know. It could be that of like, okay, yeah, maybe this could happen. Then again, you know, maybe, maybe it's not that big of a deal yet. I don't know. Have the odds been released yet on this? No, nothing as of right now. I don't believe so because it just got announced officially like 10 minutes ago. So you got to think that at some point here, maybe by the time that you guys are listening to this tomorrow, they'll already be out. So, you know, look at the odds, maybe sprinkle a little on there for the hometown kid of Luis Robert, huh? Yeah. I mean, Luis Robert's pimping home runs right now. He is. He's like, he's hit monster. He's hitting baseball so far and so hard. He just knows when it leaves the bat. Like he's just that confident. And granted, Comiskey Park, guaranteed rate field, cell phone park, whatever the fuck you want to call it. <laughs> um, it is truly a hitter's ballpark. Pitchers do not like to play there. I mean, that's yeah. that's a thing. Well, so, it's very windy. Comparatively, though, if you're looking at all the all the wall dimensions for the rest of the league, it's pretty even keel on par. Like you don't get the short porch and you don't get the you don't get the green monster and all that stuff in those ones. So if you're looking at it normally, you keep the ball in play and if you're the White Sox, you hit about four home runs last year. Then I guess it turns into a pitcher's park if the team doesn't know how to hit. That's true. That's very true. We did have a historically bad year in hitting home runs last season. It was bad. disgusting. It was really bad. bad yeah, right now the standings aren't you know looking good. I think this team could use a break. My only question is, is like, okay, are we thinking that some guys are going to get moved? I mean, there's a lot of talks right now. I'm reading Lucas Giolito might get moved. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. reading Tim Anderson just trying to look for a trade potentially. Yeah. So, I mean, in your eyes, who do you think could be on the move moving into the All-Star break? Because towards the end of the year, or end of the month, should I say, is the trade deadline. So with the trade deadline yeah. approaching quickly, um, what are your anticipation of guys getting dealt and to whom? As far as White Sox that are going to leave, you have to confidently be with Giolito and Tim Anderson, given their contract situation. Um, Tim Anderson's having a horrible year by his standard. Um, I don't think he's hit one out yet this year. Not playing well. Um, I don't really know what that is. Maybe the baby mama drama, maybe anything else. Maybe it's just not one of the years for him. Um, 
But what sucks about that, and I think since that contract is coming up here, you're going to get less for the guy, which makes which kind of hurts my feelings because it's like this guy's a beast. They can have some other team can have him for a playoff run right now. But if, you know, if we would have got rid of him, say, at the beginning of this year instead of now, like, we probably would have gotten higher value for the guy. I'd agree with that. I think I said it in the offseason and maybe look at getting rid of him. Yeah. Um, and we, we even talked about it and the world baseball classic of maybe it's time to move off of Tim Anderson. I, I don't believe the White Sox will do such a thing because they're viciously loyal to whomever it might be and what they've done for them in the past, not necessarily yeah. right now. So with that being said, a two-time sl- Silver Slugger Award winner, back-to-back years, and now you got to trade him for maybe you know a starting pitcher or a young talent. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to process is the best way I could put it. Yeah, no, it it definitely, like I said, it, it hurts my feelings. <laughs> like this sucks because also I like Tim Anderson, and when he's playing well, he's an it's an absolute electric factory, i.e. the freaking Field of Dreams game. So, all that being considered, like if you're gonna want to compete and have guys come up in the next couple of years, you're you're gonna have to look to move those expiring contracts. Yeah, Tim Anderson, to your point, has zero home runs this season. Yeah, the next highest on the team is Jake Berger behind 18? Luis Robert, which is at 18. Yep. And then the second or the third behind them all is Andrew Vaughn and then Eloy Jimenez. Yeah. So it, Who it's, is, it's yeah. a, is he heating up? He's starting to, he's hitting more homers now, which is good. The baby deer. Yeah. He can't run though. So that doesn't help a dang thing. Yeah. Now <laughs> uh, he can't, the, the guy no, you're cannot right. run and it's sad, but you're, you're looking at it and you're like, okay, Oscar Colas is coming back, so that gives some sign of like, okay, maybe we get that going. Ben Sheets can do what Ben Sheets does and plays first bases. Gavin. Just deep. Gavin. <laughs> Brewers legend, old Ben school, Sheets. Old school, Ben. <laughs> the original Sheets. Yes, Don't take right. one. But with that being said, Gavin Sheets can do what he really does. He's not meant to play right field. I, I mean, could you get a good utility outfielder for Tim Anderson? I would look at doing that. I mean, that I'd be open for. If you're just right? going to do a straight up trade for a guy, but you got to imagine that he's going to be worse than Tim Anderson is if you're going to go MLB guy for MLB guy. I realistically see them doing more of the, you know, grab somebody from the farm, let Colos play right field if he ends up coming up again after, you know, arbitration ends up ending or whatever that terminology is at the end of what this month or early September or whatever it may be. But, yeah, I, it's it's a weird place to be right now because the we're in the worst division ever and it's still in reach and you wanna you wanna think that they still have a chance to compete here, but to what cause? We're I seven mean, games out right now, right before the All Star break. The Indians are starting to get hot and they're starting to pull away. I mean, the Tigers right now are ahead of us in the AL Central. Yep, and they're if bad. you look at it, and they're really bad. Now, Spencer Torkelson's starting to become the guy. Finally. Which, I mean, it took him a year, but that's fine. No, I know. It, and there's, I was listening to this argument be made the other day. I forgot where, um, but there was an article, I I guess, not I guess, sorry. There was an article that was posted um, saying that maybe drafting first baseman in the beginning of the draft might not be the best thing in the world because, you know, Vaughn had some struggles coming up. Torkelson also having some struggles struggles coming up when you have a Rutschman or you have a couple other guys that come up and just start lighting the world on fire. So for that, I would like to see both of them heat up a little bit and kind of deny that article. But, you know, 
if they continue to struggle and they're not playing a game of good defensive need, it could it could sway teams from doing that in the future here until they start heating up. But Vaughn's been having a pretty good year as well this year. Torkelson does a little bit better, gets a little older, and starts hitting, mashing a little bit further, then that whole entire argument's going to be all for naught. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. I could see a team more so trying to make a move for Giolito right now because yeah. pitching always leads the leads the race. Now, if I'm the White Sox, I try and lean on a team like the Reds right now who are really hot. First place at NL Central right now or second place tied, something like that, that they're that good that they may want to try and beef up that rotation to make a run in the second half of the season. Yeah. With that being I, mean, said, I can see though, it happening. Or do you think that the Reds are already getting ready to start trading for people and just getting this ball on the ro- or getting this show on the road here? Because I mean, they are a, still a young team. Like they, you don't know if they're going to be end, end up going all the way to the end of the year with a team like this. Especially, you know, we're we're what 80, 90 games into the season right now, so we're a little over halfway. Like. A lot of things can happen between then and now. It's always it's always the Phillies thing. The Phillies are forty five and thirty nine right now, but they very well could be going to the end of the season and already have ninety three wins or something crazy like that. Yeah, I, I see the NL Central being like the AL Central. It's a little bit yeah. more up for grabs than any other division. Uh, the Reds, though, to your point, they still are a very young team, and I don't think even they thought they'd get this far this season they don't with have this great team. Pitching, so that could they be an argument for you, right? And they do have an abundance of young talent, so you could try and either pick somebody off from that team who you know could fill a need in the outfield. They have an abundance of just these guys who are some impeccable athletes playing on that team, and they've clearly reconstructed correctly where they could make a run, and then Ellie De La Cruz, and it, it's crazy. De La Cruz so, for Giolito, who says no? <laughs> who says no? Who's going to say no, right? The Reds. <laughs> not, yeah, the Reds, not us. We're yeah, not going to say no. Down. Generational talent. You yeah. know, here's the thing. The White Sox don't really know how to draft position talent very well. And if they do, I feel like they guess. Like Tim Anderson. And, I mean, I guess that's really all you could put. Tim worked out. Yeah. Um, I mean, Vaughn played left field for a while, so they get a lot yeah. of their guys from the international um, pool, like Eloy, obviously, and Luis. Well, Robert. they own the Cube thing, um, the Cuba thing. They right. they own that due to Abreu for a while there, Luis Robert, and you know you trade for Eloy. The Cubs kind of knew what they were doing there. I think. Yeah. They knew the the damaged goods he would become. Unfortunately, I don't know. Still now, time. What's that? I am fiercely loyal, as you know. Still believe that Eloy Jimenez can put together a pretty pretty good MLB career here. Yeah, as a DH, he's great. Right. You're right about that. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, but he, he, he got signed to play left field and traded to play left field. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to pay attention to. Trade deadline talks always fun. It usually comes up the last week of the season. Or last week of the season. Last week of July. Yeah. So we got some time to think about it, and we'll dive a little bit deeper as we get closer. But, Vince, I mean, hey, the Home Run Derby's coming up. It's always yep. electric. We just went over the lineup, and I squirreled there for a moment. But, like, what are your what are, like, what are your some of your favorite Home Run Derby moments? Like, over time, I mean, yep. it's got to be the steroid era. Fa- well, yeah, naturally. Um, there's a couple of them that come come to mind. You know that, that time in your in your life as a kid and like especially as a baseball fan so you understand this but from like eight to like 15 
home run derbies were the shit. Like all the guys, like from anywhere from like 2004 to like 2011 for me were badass. And you mentioned one with the Bobby Abreu thing, but another one that also like gets me going 2008 former steroid user, Mr. Josh, Ham- Josh, yeah, Josh Hamilton. Um, he was at Yankee stadium. This was his breakout year and he hits, I want to say like 28 home runs in this first, um, yeah, like 13 swings, 13 home runs. Do you remember that in a row? Yeah, that was impressive. Seven of them go 500 feet plus. One of them was 518 feet off the bat. Insane. And I just like that lefty swing coming off of that. He was an absolute beast. Ends up beating Justin Morneau or ends up losing to Justin Morneau, excuse me, that year, which was some bullshit because who cares about the twins? But that has to be top number one in my head is what an awesome time. Yeah, that was a that was a great one. To me, the the Boston, I think it was the early 2000s with Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds, Ken Griffey Jr. I want to say. Was that 99? Yeah. It was just so electric. And yep. Ted Williams, still alive. Yeah, it was 99. Ken Griffey Jr. won it. And then here's a name for everybody. Jeremy Burnitz. Yeah. Was the runner up to him. And there's a name. But Ken Griffey Jr. won literally like two in a row, 98, yep. 99 guy was amazing. And then backwards Sammy Sosa backwards had takeoff, Sammy Sosa, 2000. You had, you know, you had boom on there with the back, 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 back. My favorite of all time is when he would do it. He's synonymous. That's really what it is. He's synonymous with the home run derby in my head. Like when he doesn't call the home run derby, I'm a sadder man because of it. Cause he's supposed to be doing that. As he should. Now, here's a fun one. If we're looking at history, who won the home run derby at Comiskey Park or Cell Phone Park or Mortgage Park? What year was it? 2003. Oh, oh man. 2003. I remember one year, and I don't think played this was... for the Angels. So not Miguel Tata. Okay. Um, no. Played for the Angels in 2003. Darren Erdstad? <laughs> no, Garrett Anderson. There's oh, a name for everybody. Garrett Anderson boss. was a dog in his yeah. day. Absolute he, dog. He was a beast. I just rem- I, I remember that one entirely. I just that's one of those things where I wish we I was a little bit older when I was watching it because again that was like right at my I think I was eight in 2004. So like that was the, that was the time to start getting into it. And I know, or 2003 rather, and I know Miguel Tejada looks like it was the next year in Houston when he started going off because he was also a beast as well. Also a roid guy, though. All those guys were on this shit back then. I think a handful of guys are still on the juice now. Now, whether or not they get tested or how they figure the testing. Listen, if you're a professional athlete and you're not taking something in the offseason, we've always said this. You're you're, You're doing yourself a disservice. Exactly. Now, if you had a pick, your favorite home run derby lineup, but it could be through any generation, right? And you had to put like an assemblance of a crew together. So in this one, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. Eight guys. Yeah. So if you had to pick eight guys over the course of history to compete in a home run derby. Okay. Let's do the home run derby fantasy draft. So, okay. Vince, we'll give you the first pick since you're baby boy in this one. Um, Why don't we, do that. 
Okay. I already I think I already told you the other day, but the first guy I'm picking is my guy. It's Mr. Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> I need him on my okay. team just for the swag element. He's off the board. He's yep. off the board early. Yes. Okay. My first pick in the home run derby draft. Clock, please. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna select Barry Bonds. Yeah. Gotta. Best uh best home run hitter of all time. No one argue. else can argue that. Can't wait for that documentary. It's gonna be electric. It's gonna be badass. All right, number two for me. This one gets a little bit tougher. Um, let's go with uh I I gotta take Mark McGuire. What a beast. <laughs> he okay. just absolutely launches him. Mark McGuire. We got some steroid Eric Kings All over here. The place. Love it. Um, I'm going to select Poppy, David Ortiz. Give me David Ortiz. So we're, we're starting off strong. Two lefties. A couple really good, really good uh, home run derbies for David Ortiz. Number three, just because I love him. I don't even know if he ever ended up doing any of them. He definitely hasn't won one, but I'll take the big hurt. Give me Frank Thomas. Okay. Yeah, I don't think the Big Hurt really ever competed, maybe in the early 2000s, but he may have been on the docket. But yeah, Big Hurt, my my favorite ball player growing up. Yeah. Hands down. Now, third, and this pains me, but he was electric and he Sammy. used to hit absolute bombs. <laughs> Sam, give me Sammy Sosa. Have to. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing, too. Hey, like he you... played for the White Sox before he played for the Cubs. Many people don't remember that. So. You're goddamn right about that. So don't before forget. Before the it. shit, he was a skinny little twig. Very fast. Very fast around the face. <laughs> yes, very fast, and then he got on the juice. Yep. Um, number four, big guys unite. Give me Prince Fielder. Okay. He was also great at these things. Prince was amazing when he was there. Mm-hmm. Prince was amazing. Oh, so Vince, here, check this out. 1995, Frank Thomas won. He won the it. home run derby. Yep. Oh, look at that. Let's 95. go. Five. I was the ripe age of four. I wasn't born. Or I was literally one month old at that time. He was just a little tyke. Yep. Little baby. So, bend. okay. So, fourth pick. This is interesting. Huh. Give me. This is a tough one. Give me yep. Larry Walker. Larry Walker. Hall of Famer Larry Walker. Need Hall of Famer, Rockies legend, Larry Walker. He made it last year, I believe. Good for him. Um, he deserved it. One of the better hitters of the NL in history. Right. Number five, I'm, I'm going to pick maybe not the most illustrious home run hitter of all time, but my personal favorite baseball player of all time. I'm taking Cal Ripken Jr. Cal Ripken Jr. Favorite. Did he even compete in one? Uh, I think he did win one time in the early 90s. Okay. Okay. Here's book one for too. you. He's got a nice book. Good book? Yeah. Okay. He's a nice, he's sure. a nice writer. <laughs> he's a good writer. Yeah. He, uh, okay. Here's a good one. Okay. Um, Raphael Palmiro. Ooh. Roids. <laughs> oh, <laughs> literally. I think every guy on my <laughs> roster got popped for this shit, but it was still a wonderful time. Yeah. I mean, you're right. And that's that's what makes it fun, man. We've talked about that many times over and over again. Um, Legalize steroids in baseball again. Do it. Probably smart. I mean, not good for their overall well-being and health, but good for the fan. Um, all right. We're on round six right now. We're coming down to the end of it here. One guy I want to take here. It gets a little bit more difficult at this point. I'm going to go with 
a guy that I just mentioned that I really liked watching hit home runs. Give me Miguel Tejada. Okay, Miguel Tejada. Interesting. He's a beast. Okay. Also the steroids. <laughs> also got pop for steroids. Yeah. All right. We got two more picks after this one coming in hot. Frank Thomas off the board. Oh, give me another. I don't know if you consider him an Indian great or a White Sox great. Give me Jim Tomey. Jim Tomey. Maybe not Orioles a steroid great? guy. Not a steroid guy. Reportedly Allegedly. not a steroid guy. Allegedly. Allegedly not a right. steroid guy. Exactly. Supposedly. Okay. Um, all right. So two more picks for each of us. The next guy I'm going to pick is the father of a guy who's playing this year. Give me Vlad Guerrero, a senior. Vlad. Okay. All right. All right. A little Vlad action. I dig it. He was great. Absolutely great. He was. Great he was very swing. good. Beautiful swing. And maybe peed on his hands. No, that was Moises Alou. That was Alou, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peer. Now, this one, this is, see, this is where it gets tough. I'm going to do another lefty great. Okay. In his prime was wonderful on the Phillies. Uh, give me Ryan Howard. Ooh, yeah. He hit Ryan Howard was shots. a dog. Not Absolute a steroid guy. Shots. Allegedly not a steroid guy. Yeah, he was in that weird time where it was, he was close, in a very weird you know? time. Yeah. Yeah. But still a beast nonetheless. Uh, it's getting a little harder now for guys that I like or that I have liked in the past. Um, one guy I'll take here. Maybe I'll switch it up and uh, take the guy with probably the weirdest batting stance of all time. Give me Jeff Bagwell. Okay. I think he did one in late 90s, early 2000s as well. Jeff Bagwell was a small king, too. For a first baseman, he was just a little guy. Oh, yeah. But God damn it if it didn't work, you know? True. That's very true. So this is the last pick then, no? Last pick. And if we're talking very odd batting stances, I got one for the record books right okay. here. Are you ready? I think I know it, but yes. Gary Sheffield. Yes. Let's go. Gary Sheffield. Good call. Um, a couple of uh, home run derby guys that may go on the honorable mention here. Uh, I would like to bring up Nomar Garcia Parra, who was in a bunch of them back in the day. He had a lot of home runs in a couple of years and then stopped Noma. entirely. Noma. Um, also catching legend Yvonne Rodriguez could also be uh, also get the call oh, there yeah. as well for me. Pudge, um, another one yeah. who got popped for PEDs in his yeah. time. But nobody had a pop time like Pudge, man. Right. Nobody. And all-time I mean, catching leader in home runs, Mike Piazza. Mike A, Italian king. Yep. Italian king. We got to represent the Italian kings. Damn right. You know, that. modern age, you could put Bryce Harper in there. I mean, yep. he's Pete Alonso as well. I mean, is, is another great. I mean, he he hits bombs, but he's not the best defensive first baseman around. Yeah, there's a. I think there's a lot of guys now, even like Stanton, dude. Stanton is really fucking good on these. Todd Frazier had an insane year when he went back to Cincinnati and played at Great American Ballpark. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in, in reality here, it's like <laughs> there's so many guys that you could pick. Even Giambi back in the day also popped. Oh, Jason Giambi's head when he was on the, the A's was yep. the size of a fucking grapefruit. Yeah, he I was mean, the most obvious, the most obvious yeah. Roid user. <laughs> and then his brother... You know, RIP to that guy was just kind of like, oh, Jeremy Giambi in the league, but not really in the league. Yeah, he gets all of his fame from uh, from Moneyball. 
Yes, he got all of the fame from Moneyball being the guy who danced and the guy that, you know, uh, kind of started the reconstruction of that A's team that didn't go very far, that they made a movie about. Anyways, with all that being said, Vince, you know, steroids give you an awfully defined jawline. And if you're going to shave around that, do you think they would have used a specific product? If I were a betting man and if I were to choose it for them, I would choose Henson shaving. I don't know about you. I agree. I mean, nothing's going to get you a closer shave to that defined jawline from steroid usage than our friends at Henson Shaving. This part of today's episode is brought to you by none other than our friends at Henson Shaving. If you guys have been listening to the show for a while, you already know that we swear by Henson Shaving. We've been using them for months and there really isn't a better product out there. The Henson razor puts an end to shaving irritation and cuts while also making your skin feel comfortable and smooth. This razor is made by using CNC machines to aerospace standards. That's right, rocket ships, people. That means it's made to very tight tolerances, meaning that the combination of how securely it's held and how minimally the blade is exposed delivers a smooth and safe shave no other razor can offer. It's literally one blade. Be, be safe. Please be safe. They're very sharp. You twist on the top and you get to work. It's that easy. You remember the beard bet? You remember me shaving off the whole thing? If you need to watch somebody use it, go on my Instagram and check it out because it's really that easy. Cost ownership averages $88.20 every two years, which is essentially $177 less than normal cartridge razors. They're sustainable. It's precise. It's Henson shaving. It's got a nice weight to it. It's made out of metal. None of this plastic garbage. So please use the promo code the Taxi Squad. T H E T A X I S Q U A D at checkout, and you'll receive a hundred pack of blades free with the purchase of the razor. So you go on the site, you add the razor that you're looking for, and then you add a hundred pack of razors. You'll get those for free. For most users, this amount of blades will last you two to five years, depending on how often you shave. So that promo code again is the Taxi Squad at HensonShaving.com. Go check it out. Thank you so much to Henson Shaving yet again. They've been with us for a while, and we love them, Mike. But this we time, do. Let's take ourselves over to the hardwood, where we got a lot, a lot, a lot of money going around. A lot of guys changing areas. But the first thing I want to do, because Woj just tweeted about this, the new NBA in-season tournament will be on December 7th and 9th in Las Vegas. Um, to my understanding here, there's going to be like a Final Four, so I assume, and this is all assumption right now because all of it isn't exactly fledged out yet as far as right now, um, it's going to be the top four teams. They go into a little tournament, and then whoever wins that wins the midseason award, which means nothing, right? I don't know what it could mean. Yeah, this this doesn't make any sense. You're going to have a midseason final four. What does it count to? Nothing. Does it give you home field advantage or home court advantage in the playoffs? Similar to like what the All Star game used to be in baseball. If you won the All Star game, you got home field advantage in the playoffs. Like I know they talked about it in the CBA agreement that they ended up coming to a couple years ago, I believe. Um, but yeah, I guess like the. The league gets broken down. It gives me a soccer vibe where the league gets broken down into different pools, I guess. And then they aren't necessarily broken down by division, but more broken down by conference. And then teams play, you know, group games. So essentially you're playing like your group, group A, B, C, and D. 
And then whoever wins it, the players get like a pay bump and stuff, which they need to do to incentivize this. Uh, stats count for the regular season, except for the championship game for some reason. Um, I guess it includes 80 games apiece for each team now. Um, and then if they end up going to the finals, those two teams end up playing 83 instead of the 82. So I don't know. It's all it's all sorts of confusing to me. It might be fun, I guess. You can't really hate on anything that you haven't seen yet. But to me, it just seems a little stupid. Watch the fucking like Bulls win the December tournament yeah. and then like get everybody excited for no reason at all. Fooch gets MVP. And then, <laughs> yeah, it, it's like it. And then the Bulls would be like, well, we won the final four thing. Be happy, fans. Yeah, Reinsdorf. that's like the most Jerry Reinsdorf shit yeah. of all time. Now, all right, this smells to me. So they're specifically putting it in Las Vegas. And right now, back again, conspiracy pod, okay, I think there is some sort of collusion going on in the state of Nevada to get as many sports franchises there as possible. First time ever that collusion's ever been happening in Nevada, ever. Right. Anyways, (laughs) there was a whole movie on it. It's called Casino. (laughs) Go watch it. Great film. Anyways. So we got the A's moving to Las Vegas. The Raiders just moved to Las Vegas. You got the Las Vegas Aces. You got the Las Vegas Knights. Huh. Is the, Okay, they have the arena to support an NBA franchise because they will play it at the T-Mobile Arena, right? They should play it in that big ball. Have you seen the new one? What big ball? Yeah, I saw that thing. That wouldn't host it. That's just for I, – I was right there last week. It's just not that big of a deal, right? Mm. It, it's I don't like, even know. I just saw a huge ball. It's more so for golf. like, <laughs> yeah, it's more so for like concert venues. Like mm, you'd go okay. see like a live act there. The whole idea is that the sound's supposed to be good because right. it's shaped like a ball. But beyond that, I don't see them playing there. I think they'll they'll play where the Knights play. Now yeah, that make with that, sense. yeah. The, so they're trying to test run this for sure. They're trying to see what type of market analytics and data they can pull from las vegas to state can we justify putting a franchise here is that valid though because you're bringing teams from outside markets to come play there right so you're like here's your test run 82 here's your test run can we get people here to watch this shit yeah and then one thing leads to another and then boom there's another franchise there think about it it's the betting capital of the planet and with all that being said you can now bet on every sport Period. Yeah. There, or go watch it. It 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 it's too makes too much business sense. I believe it. It and I'm with you. I, and I was thinking about this the other day too, and because we've talked about Vegas getting an NBA franchise a couple times, and you know probably Seattle being the other one getting one. That likely means that adding two teams to the West means you got to bump a team over to the East. You got to assume so. Does that mean Memphis ends up stop being in the West? Because it still doesn't make any sense for there. Maybe Minnesota ends up being in the East now. Um, but I think there's going to be some, yeah, some realignment and maybe some changing in conferences for a couple teams there. Oh, Vince, they don't give a shit if they change the conferences. No, I'd Come love on. it. It's like when the they, it's like when the Astros became an AL team after the Sox swept them right. in the World Series. Right. It was like, okay, let's move these guys, and, and then it hasn't been better for the ass blow since, right? And, and they get the, they're allowed to cheat. I mean, fuck. Yeah. They got the deal of the century right there. <laughs> yeah. You can just start cheating for fun once you're in the American League. Right. 
So if you look at it overall, in my opinion, that's what they're trying. I wouldn't be surprised that if in the next five to seven years, we see an NBA franchise in Las Vegas. Just don't, it won't I take that long. either. They could create expansion really overnight. Yeah. They say league expansion. Cause how many teams are in the NBA right now? Is it 32? 30, 30, 30. Here yeah. you go. You had two more teams. You give the Sonics back to Seattle and you put a team in Vegas, 32. You're done. There you go. Perfect. Now it's even. And San Jose's not getting scenario. We talked about that last week. So yeah, San Jose <laughs> that, that makes no sense. Come on. Who the hell? No. No, it, come on. What would their theme song be? Do you know the way? Come on. Probably. <laughs> Realistically. <laughs> um, but Do yeah, you know no, it's San Jose. I actually don't. I don't think I've ever even been close to San Jose. <laughs> it's it's a, yeah, no, no. No, I know. Anyways. Someone give me the Google Maps though. All right. <laughs> but even so, this could be interesting. There, I'm I'd be lying if I'm if I'm saying I'm not gonna watch the thing. Like, I'm going to watch the Final Four and be like, oh, this is a cool mid-season thing. WNBA has been doing it for a couple of years. Um, yeah. Soccer does it so all many the time. People. Come on, guys. We're not going to show up for BG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in reality, the Commissioner's you know, Cup. It's like fun fact, not a big WNBA pod, but that same head coach got fired after the team went 2-10. and 10. Damn. That the sucks. one who's like, come on, guys. We're not going to sell out. Yeah. For BG. Yeah, that was my uh, question is, has there ever been a WNBA game that sold out? Let's be realistic. Probably like, you know, three or four ever. <laughs> like ever. maybe Lisa, Lisa Leslie's existence. last game or something like that. Like that's the only maybe. thing I can really think of. But come on, guys. We're not going to show up for BG. Yeah, that was come wild. On. That was a crazy statement. She I've never seen someone get so like smoked on social media so quickly. Like that was like, no. Yeah. Because no one knew it was happening, too. You got to think of like the marketing dollars in it, too. It's just it's a way different game. Uh, it's like a it's like a tax loophole is why professional teams usually have something to do with them. Yeah. Kind of is. I hate to say it, but it is. No, I know. But hey, get after it. And the people that do like it, good for you. But you got to right. temper your expectations. That's just hey. the reality of it. I'll say this. You know you got a real gambling problem if you bet on the WNBA because you're bored. That's usually the joke, too. It's like, oh, what are you betting on? It's like softball. You're like, God damn it. Wow. You <laughs> that may have a fun problem over there. Yeah, you might have a fun problem over there. I have a handful of friends like that. You'd be like, well, it's on. So I might as well bet on it to add some interest. You're like, that's not probably the best way to think about it. It's guys. not how this should work. It's not how this should work at all. But yeah, no, I, I do believe that that is the play for this. Now, free agency's been in full swing, Vince. Jesus what are your Christ. thoughts right now? This is your this is your time. James Harden's asking for a trade again, of course, because that's what he does. But as of right now, you know, you're looking at this. Who are you liking? What picks are you disliking? Let's chat. So much money is going everywhere. Um, yeah. A couple of them were really bad deals, in my humble opinion. A couple of them worked out. One team, um, this is not be me, me being a homer, just looking at the money that was given out. I'll start with the Bulls. The Bulls actually, for what it's worth, they've so they brought back Vooch and they brought back Kobe White. And I said this to you when we were together, where I was like, oh, Vooch is back. And you're like, God damn it. I'm like, all right. I hate him. I know, but you they got him at a pretty it. decent deal, which is 
what you kind of want to look at. They got room for cap. Now they got him and Kobe white back team friendly deals. You like it. And especially when you compare that to, let's say the, you know, Portland trailblazers trying to get Dame Lillard back, which he requested a trade now. So it doesn't look like that's going to happen. They gave Jeremy Grant 160 million for five years. And he's essentially now making the same money that Jason Tatum does with just a, a portion of the production that Tatum ends up bringing over to the Celtics. Like Jeremy Grant's a good player, but if they were going to do that just to get Dame back in a helpless attempt to do so, it obviously didn't work. So now they're stuck on a five year, one sixty for a guy in Jeremy Grant who play for another franchise that just doesn't want to compete. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I feel like a lot of this stuff is all so much just, like you're looking at this and it, it could work for some teams, but I do believe that next season will be kind of more of the same. I think we all kind of know who's going to compete in the West, especially after this off season. I mean, the suns are just looking indestructible right now. Is the super team dead though is the question. So they got all these guys. They ended up getting Eric Gordon, which is good. They also got Utah Watanabe, which I say wrong every time. Both those guys are really good at shooting. Both those guys can space out the floor, which is going to help them. Will they have the rest of the depth to do that? I'm not really sure, um, especially when a you know well-oiled team like Denver is going to come down the line here. They could have a lot of money in these guys, and nothing might happen for Phoenix as well. That's not out of bounds. It's going to look... I just don't understand like the Bucks, how they get such great grades for bringing back like three of the same people. So yeah, that's yeah, kind of I mean, interesting to me. Middleton got an absolutely insane deal. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I think t- guys just like the Bucks at this point too. I mean, when you have Giannis, it's it's just they're a good team. Um, but we saw it this year. It obviously didn't work out too well for the Bucks at all, but the East was a clusterfuck anyway. Um, one thing that I will say that I I liked it for the guy, I didn't understand it for the team, is the deal that Fred Van Vliet ended up getting from the Houston Rockets. He gets three years, 130 mil. Insane for an undrafted guy from Rockford, Illinois. Going to a Good team that, that does need some veteran leadership, but the amount of money, they put into him, especially after drafting a guard in the draft, just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me on a team that needs. I mean, they do need veteran leadership, but they're also not going to be competing for a little bit of time here, I guess. So 133 year. That's pretty insane. I mean, you love to see these guys get paid, but then again, it's just not sustainable to throw money at six men like this. I mean, it's like if he's you... a starter now, he's an all star. So you got to pay him like yeah, that, I guess. Right. What are the Rockets going to do? They don't have a team worth of shit. Right. It's kind of where I'm at. So I, I guess like, he's just guess, getting hey, paid a lot for veteran leadership. <laughs> if you can move to Houston and then, you know, get the get the tax break. Where you well, that's what I'm saying, tax. too. He's like because he went from Toronto to Houston. The difference in taxes from Toronto to Houston has to be astronomical. Like he's probably getting his entire pay from last year just in not losing it to taxes. <laughs> he's got to be. It's got to be close. That's bananas to me. I mean, truly it is. It, it, it's very interesting to see how these guys get paid these days. So, I mean, hey, you love to see a hometown boy get paid. You got to love it. But then again, it, it, will it make sense? If you're a Rockets fan, you're scratching your head. 
you got to say. Yeah, the Rockets have been scratching their heads since they had CP3 and and James Harden. On and the they team. were doing I mean, it on. on. Speaking right. of the devil, James Harden picking up his option and immediately requests a trade, which was kind of expected. The Clippers supposedly were in in cahoots trying to get him. They're not going to give any quote-unquote real stuff up in the trade to get him to the 76ers. I don't think Daryl Morey's betting over for nothing. Um, obviously, James Harden, if you saw the pictures, was at, uh, what's his name, Michael Rubin. I think his name is Michael Rubin. His uh, his white party that he has where everybody wears white, he was he was partying up with his, with his guys, Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris. So maybe that's good news for them. But if he goes to the Clippers, you got to have so many guys that just don't really want to be there, which would be the funniest collection of guys ever. Well, they all don't want to be there. They're all just there trying to get paid, which he would make a lot of sense on that team then. Yeah, you know, PG, you got Kawhi. George. Yeah, everybody plays one out of every three games. Right. So it's just like one star plays every night and the rest of them are just like, oh, my toe. <laughs> Or some, I don't know. It's just like the, I don't know. What what I did read the other day, though, which I did like, that they're testing out a new penalty method in the summer league for flopping. Okay. I mean, my question is, did LeBron spark the new potential flopping penalty? Well, you got, he remember, he said that he has never been on a team that flops. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you just got to trust That's him instead of looking at all of the evidence that demands is a fucking nice. walking contradiction. OK, <laughs> that's the only thing I have to say about all that. Yeah. Now, with that, I do believe this is going to become the LeBron rule. And for the later years of his career, he's and not going to be able to flop for what it's worth. Oh, well, James Harden was the one who did, you know, the step back thing. Yeah. Yeah. That that he kind of took the league by storm and now people have kind of figured it out. So right. it doesn't work as well anymore, but James Harden, not a defensive dynamo dynamo, nor can he really perform the way he used to when he first nine the points when in the closing game against the Celtics this year, nine points in game seven, he's never been good in the playoffs, and it's not going to change. So I don't really understand why people are giving him this much money. If it's not going to end up working out anyway. It's been proven year after year now. This is what he does. This is what all these guys do. And before you know it, it's going to be halfway in the season. And then, you know, KD is going to get mad at the color of the sky or some shit. <laughs> and then he's just going to be like, well, these Arizona sunsets are just way too fucking pretty. I can't live here anymore. Get me the fuck out of here. This is and too then, nice. <laughs> this is just way too fucking nice. I can't live in this shit. Send me back to Oklahoma. Send me back to OKC. Let me see what I could do. Send me to the Bulls. I want to try and go chase Michael's record. That'd be awesome. <laughs> no, I support that. Um, Draymond Green's back with the Warriors. Go hope figure. Can, hope they can mess around and win one more for CP3. I did think that he might have been gone, especially since he was, you know, fondling LeBron James on the Twitterverse. Um, so I kind of expected him to go over to Los Angeles instead. But he's back better than ever. Uh, they're such an old team and they have so much money in older guys that, you know, hopefully CP can get one from them, but I don't, I don't necessarily want the Warriors to win another championship with this team. So, well, Hey, Pat Beth got signed by the 76ers. So there, you know, they, there, it's there it is. No sense. He made a lot of sense on the, on the bulls because we needed a guy that can facilitate him going to the 76ers. He, he is a very like, he doesn't shoot a lot. 
He's sporadic yeah. with it. Sometimes he'll put it up. Sometimes he won't. They need a he's guy a that will get the ball and shoot the ball. And he's not it. So I don't understand how that's going to work. Maybe they just wanted some more dog on their team because they did seem a little soft in that, again, ending against the Celtics, who ended up getting dismantled by the Heat anyway. So, right. yeah, I I don't really understand the move. He's played there before, I believe. So I guess welcome back to Philly for Pat Bev, but I don't get it. A lot of this shit doesn't make sense. I do believe, though, that the NBA offseason is, can create a different team yeah. in the real thing like in the nba really i mean all of course all the games count regular season this whole play-in thing it's kind of silly to me but i do believe that after the all-star break that's when it really starts and these guys really start putting on uh so as we start to get to the dog days of the nba season mm-hmm. um to me that's when it's more fun to watch and the playoffs are great now another thing i mean Lamelo ball yeah bag Tyrese Halliburton and LaMelo Ball get essentially the same deals from their teams. They both get five years with the potential 260 to be made. So they both have 210 guaranteed for those five years. And then if they make, I believe it's an all pro or an all NBA team, then they do end up getting those incentives shot through as well. So both of them got a bag. I don't know if the Pacers are going to be able to do shit this year. They did also get Bruce Brown who just won a championship with the Nuggets um, they wouldn't have been able to pay him in Denver, but both of those teams are looking to keep them long-term, hopefully build around them, but both of those teams kind of seem like they're in purgatory right now. Yeah, kind of like the Bulls. Right. And 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 speaking of the Bulls, did did anybody see this? That they did file a um, injury declaration for Lonzo Ball stating that he wasn't going to be able to play Yep. this season and i don't personally think he'll ever play again he might but not. that's just yeah no I, I i think that that knee issue is just far worse than anybody could have ever anticipated so basically what the claim is is that by putting in this declaration for lonzo ball to the nba they'll get like a year of his salary or like a percentage of his salary yeah. in return to go try and sign another player yeah, essentially, like that gets knocked off the books more or less. So they do have more room to mess around where he's like essentially not even on the team, quote unquote. He is. He's still getting paid and stuff like that, but it takes him off of that. So they have another roster spot that they don't have to keep him on or have him, you know, take up the IL if somebody does end up getting injured this year. He's kind of just like off of it. So they have chances to move around and make other moves that otherwise they wouldn't because he would be on the team essentially. So. I think that's smart. I think that they should do that. I don't see why they would deny that request, but it is depressing because Lonzo was really playing well for the Bulls until he ended up getting injured um, for this time for the long run. So wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't end up coming back to play ever again, like you said, but especially not in 2024. He's, he's done for the year. Another point guard for the Bulls that potentially just gone too soon. Now, Jay Williams, of- Derek Rose, all Derek Rose, though, just did get signed by the yep. Memphis Grizzlies, who seem like they are truly trying to put as much veteran talent around John Morant as possible. Be like, stop fucking around. And basically, back in Memphis. Stop, yeah, stop fucking yeah. around, Ja. Yeah, and he's going back to where he played his uh, college ball, which is right. always interesting. Yeah, I mean, he is in the twilight of his career. There's no denying that. Um, I think it'll be fun there, and I think he will provide some better leadership for Ja because he understands where Ja is. In a lot of ways, they play very similarly, especially young Derrick Rose and John Morant play similarly. Um, And then also, like, 
hey, get your shit together. Because Derrick Rose is from a really fucked up place, too. And he can, like, kind of... And I'm not even sympathize because of where John Morant's from. Just be like, hey, I've seen this fuck people's lives up. And hopefully it'll help him out and give him a little bit of veteran leadership that looks like it's sorely needed for Mr. John Morant. So good for him. They got two guards now. They got Marcus Smart on that team as well. So it looks like the... Right. It looks like the guards, the guard positions are pretty full in Memphis right now. Yeah, I I do think that that's going to be pretty interesting um, to see how that unfolds for that team because they were really good in the regular season and then all the nonsense happened and it was just drama, drama, drama. Yeah. So in my eyes, it could be a benefit for John Morant, what, 25 game suspension, which is a slap on the hand at the very most. Yeah. And then moving forward, he needs to really prove himself and stop being a thug when he's from a private school. True. <laughs> so, speaking, you know, speaking of drama, Mike, the drama king himself, Mr. Flat Earth Kyrie's back in back in uh, Dallas. Three years, 126. Nobody wanted him. Nobody wanted that I don't noise. Get it. it was like he was like, yeah, I'm going to take meetings. And then Mark Cuban's like, here's all my money. It didn't make any sense. No one knew who was bidding against them. No one knew who even really wanted him. At least let him go out and look for a contract. But they said, no, everybody's going to want him for some reason. We're going to give him a ridiculous amount of money. Just ridiculous. Chances are it's they'll trade him by the deadline. And this is just a deal to try and get something in return from him. Okay, go play your heart out for the first half of the season. Then we'll get you somewhere you want to go. Maybe. That's a lot of money to trade. But generally, that does help some teams sometimes. But. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Well, 100 plus 100 plus mil is like the basically the going rate for anybody anymore. Now, where does Dame go? This is interesting. Nobody thought he was going to ask for a trade. He asked for the trade. It's going to be interesting to me to see where he winds up. Does he go to a team that's already proven that has veteran leadership like the Warriors? But then again, they wouldn't be able to put the package there's together. Not, trade there's no for room him. for him right now, honestly. I mean, the Heat just did put just get some money off their books. Yeah, it it could it could happen. The problem They'd with the heat to. is that I think they're throwing all their eggs in this basket. And if it doesn't go well, they really haven't made a lot of good moves. Well, um, they like the Suns threw all their eggs in the Bradley Beal basket. Yeah, but they still got Gordon. You know, like guys are going at an alarming rate here. So if the heat aren't going to pick anybody up and wait, to see if they can get Dame and they don't get Dame, then they're kind of in the shitter. And I guess if they can just go for undrafted guys, because that worked out for them before go ahead but for me it's i don't even know the package they would give portland to have them give up dame for that but it's seeming like more and more they're not going to be able to to better this team and try to make another run if it doesn't go well yeah no i agree but then again you do need somebody on that team next to jimmy who can compete and you have the big guy now you just need somebody else who can play along jimmy yeah and if they're waiting too long and they miss out on the guys. Like obviously that list gets a little bit shorter. You might not have to give up as much money, but you know, if you want another rim protector, Grant Williams is gone now. He's on, he's on Dallas. So like you're losing guys at an alarming rate is kind of my point. And I don't know. It seems like they, this was a, maybe a bit of a fluky run to get to the finals last year. It's not like they were a great team. They did play in the play and need us, need us, be reminded like the bulls losing to them. Um, but yeah, but yeah, but they went to the flipping finals. I know, but you you can't deny that. You can't expect that to happen again this year with a team that's constructed like that. It could just, I'd, I won't expect it. I would, 
if they don't end up picking anybody else, I would be very, very shocked if if the Heat are in the finals again. We'll see. I mean, I'm just curious where Dame's going. If you had to pick tomorrow, where is he going? Where? Right now, it's the team that can give him the most. Um, and again, as we wait for this stuff, it's going to be a team that doesn't end up getting the guy that they want. Um, my feeling is that he still goes to Miami. They somehow figure it out because it's going to push on for long enough. So I would still put it in Miami. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it could be anywhere, really. Okay, so your anticipation is Miami, as is mine. Now, if yep. you had to pick at a second landing spot, where do you think he could go? Yeah, I mean, I think the Lakers are going to try to make a push, but they don't really have much that they can trade either. Um, so you got to assume that it's a team that is maybe on that cusp that isn't able to get over it. So if we're not going Miami, oh, it gets tough here. Um, not going to be the Pacers. I wanted it to be the Pacers kind of, but the Pacers ended up spending all their money anyway. So really, I mean, shit maybe the Cavs <laughs> if they want to get rid of Darius Garland and maybe swap it with Dame Lillard. But besides that, the list gets short. Well, I mean, think about it like New York. Yeah. yeah, maybe New York. I mean, Hey, if anybody could bring a championship to New York, I mean, they, they will go down in infamy. Yeah. Right. They, they will, they will be a legend forever. If they could bring a championship to the Knicks, that hasn't happened in almost a century. It's the hardest thing to do in the NBA. It feels like. Yeah. So they do have a young squad over there that could work, but they'd have to get rid of some pieces that may not make sense. And they lost themselves Obi Toppin already, too, because he's on the Pacers now. So Hmm. Pacers, always an interesting team to me that they are in such a small market. Yet again, they're still around and still fill the seats. They're so they're so good at selling tickets and coming in sixth to tenth place. (laughs) Yep. Yep, that's that's what they do because there's not much else to do in Indiana, and that is a true statement. Now, time's going to tell on all this. We will continue to monitor the NBA free agency cycle. Now, I think this is the first time in a very long time where we have zero, I repeat, zero NFL news. Sleepy time. Because it has been quiet as quiet could be. I think here in the coming weeks we are going to start transitioning to some college football talk because we only have eight more Saturdays until we are with the college football season, which we all do adore. Norman Nate, if you're listening, we are welcoming you back. When Get ready, bud. I'm doing friend. it again. And then not only that, but some fantasy draft talk coming up here soon because that's that's coming up real soon. It's already oh, yeah. you're, you're starting to see it. You're starting to see the fantasy draft talk. So we're going to have to go down that rabbit hole here soon. As always, people, we do appreciate you listening. And if you do listen every week, you got to do some things after you listen to this. So first and foremost, you should just hit that that little download button that do has it. a that that just has that down arrow. You should Most hit that important. button. Most, Most important, first and foremost. Then not only that, you should like it. Like it. You got to follow it. Follow and then there's a special man in your life. Could be your dad. You could have made your father a grandfather. Or you could have a grandfather. You should listen to the show with him. Because what else would he want to do other than listen to some idiots discuss sports yeah. weekly? Because yeah, I'm sure he would have loved the colorful language that I've used this week. So I'm in. Yes, absolutely. I mean, hey, he was a dog in his day. True. Right? Every Is dog that has a guy. One. He was a dog in his day. So yeah. 
Listen to the dogs with your dog of a grandfather. And then as always, we'll see you next week. Eee.